0: today because the the resurrection it is a story about the love of God the plan of redemption and the faith of the world Amen? amen I think we can agree on that that there's nothing more reflective of how much I believe that Yahweh God loves you and me than the fact that he would send his son listen courageously sent his son knowing what his son was going to endure There is no greater act of love except, perhaps, that of the son who was being sent that had to go through and endure what he was going to have to endure, believing that his daddy would raise him up on the third day. So the resurrection is a story about the love of God. It is a story about the love of a son. It is the plan of redemption, and it is about the faith of God of the entire world or the lack thereof. I think it's interesting, again, and I want to, again, return to a statement I made a few moments ago. One of the things that is impactful to me when I consider it, even though, um, again, my mind gets caught up in and there's a conflict in me, and and I'm going to tell you, I hope that if there isn't a conflict in you between the term Easter and this Resurrection Sunday, I hope that I have created a conflict at least enough for you to consider right. not be, that you have to end anything but at least to consider and and as i'm driving today and i reflect again on a statement i made a few moments ago and i look back and i and i think about all these things this this week and and the signs and and i've seen so much you go into walmart you go into target you you uh the 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 commercials on television and it's easter this and easter that and i and i'm always aware and watching and looking where where's where do you insert resurrection where did you insert the christ because see it's interesting that this holiday is second only for a very short time it won't be long and it will overtake christmas for what people are doing and buying and and all the bunnies and the chocolate and and what have you and cadbury could not be more happy and neither could wherever you bought your pastels. They could not be more happy. I love the pastel. I mean, I, this is kind of pastel. I love, I love that people dress up and, and look their very best on, on this particular day. I think it's wonderful. I, I thought I might actually see a few more bonnets today, headdress on the ladies. But, um, but um, I'm thankful for the one that I do see. I won't call you out. No one will know it's you. <laughs> But as I reflect, as I'm driving in and I, and I think about the conflict, even this morning, I'm coming in here and, I'm, and I ask Holy Spirit, I said, Help me today to speak of what this day means without being mad about those who are contaminating, contaminate, say it again, contaminating what this day means with a false narrative. Help me today to get through this conflict because it's the significance of it. And all I kept hearing in my heart was this. He said, but you know what this day is. So preach out of what you know this day is and that's what i'm going to do today he came because and we're going to begin with first corinthians chapter 15 verses 1 through 3 i'm not going to preach long i'm going to let you get to whatever you have prepared for uh later in this day whatever it might be and i hope you enjoy your families and i hope you enjoy whatever it is that you might have prepared uh, for later this afternoon first corinthians chapter 15 beginning with verse 1 says this says now i would remind you brothers of the gospel that i preached to you paul is speaking To these that are gathered, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. Let me read that first part again, it's very cool. Now I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel that I preached to you, which you received, and in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you. Unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you as of first importance. What I also received. I delivered to you as of first importance, it was a priority that I give to you what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures and that he was buried and raised on the third day in accordance with the scriptures. It is imperative that I make sure that you are aware that the number one thing I want to bring to you and help you understand is that on this Moment In this moment, I want you to never forget this, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scripture. I want you to never, Corinthian church. I want you never, church in Sanford. I want you never, whomever might be watching online. Paul is imploring. Paul is saying with as much sternness and as much passion and as much fire as he can, I want you to never forget. I want you to hear nothing else but this. That Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures and that He was buried and He was raised on the third day in accordance with those same scriptures. Like the Corinthians, you and I, we are reminded today, in case any forgot, that Christ died for us, no doubt about it, and that He arose so we could live just as He said He would. When we gather together, it is easy to live our lives and to get busy in the things that we get busy in. And lose sight of the fact that God really did send His Son. That Yahweh really did send Jesus Christ. He really did send Him. And He really did go on a cross. He really did carry that thing up a road that wasn't a Christian road. He really did hang on that cross, as I said earlier, that wasn't a Christian cross. There was no such thing. He really did teach a people that were not yet a Christian people. He really did make Himself available to those whosoever would. And we're reminded that on this particular day that we celebrate this, this particular day that the world gathers together, and and even in the middle of all this conflict, I'm reminded again that at least the world today recognizes that if nothing else, there is a Christ. They're forced to contemplate. Why is it these people gather in churches? In fact, many were forced this morning to get out of bed early and come to church even against their will because mom told them to. Some might even be in this room. Don't nod your head or blink your eye or scratch your nose. We'll find you out. And we'll come after you. No, we won't. We will find you out, but we won't come after you. But we get up. And many, wherever they are in this world, in the middle of a war, in the middle of a battle, in the middle of anger, in the middle of confusion, in the middle of hurt, in the middle of pain... And on this particular day, all they know is that this is a day that they call Easter. This is a day that they might not even understand all the relevance to. Well, not everybody in the world calls it Easter because nowhere else in the world is it called Easter. But in this planet it is, in this part of the world it is, everywhere else it's about the Christ. It literally is more about the Christ in England than it is about the Christ in America. It is more about the Christ in Russia than it is about the Christ in America. It's sad. It's sad to me. It's sad to me. It's sad to me that when we gather together and we come to celebrate and we come to look our very best and we come to approach this, it's sad to me that so many places all around the world, when they come, it's sad to me that they they just don't really know what it is they're gathering for, but it's also joyful to me that they gather. It does something in me to know that even if they're unsure, even if they haven't come to the conclusion yet that Christ really did He really was sent, and he really did die, and he really did arise. Even if they haven't come to that conclusion, what brings me joy is the fact in the middle of all that conflict, what brings me joy is that at least they're coming. At least they're paying attention. If only for this one moment they're giving attention to, is it possible? Could it be, well, mom's taking me, mom's making me go, my wife is making me go, my husband's making me go, whomever it might be. And I'm there, and while I'm there and I'm listening to the preacher preach, maybe for just a moment I can at least consider, is it possible? My prayer and my hope is today that in the middle of everything that might be going on in the minds of people who are not believers, my hope is today that in just, even if just for a fleeting moment, Holy Spirit will pierce the hardness of your mind and let you see that it's real. He's real. The resurrection is real. Christ is real. He really was sent. He really did die, and He really did rise from the dead. And Paul said, I remind you that the go- about the gospel that I preached to you by which you are being saved, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day, and he did that for you and me. There's a couple of things I want to point out here. He said, hold fast to the word preached to you. I want to speak this to you just like I'm speaking, like I'm Paul preaching to the Corinthians. I say to you today, hold fast to the word preached to you. What is that word? That he is Savior and Lord, always. Say this with me. He is Savior, he is Savior. and Lord, and Lord. Always. always. Now say this with me because this is so whole. It is so complete in its statement. Say, He redeems, he redeems completely. Oh man, that part by itself, when you can hold fast to the word, I'm preaching to you, when you can hold fast to the word that Paul has delivered to you, you can hold fast to the words that Holy Spirit has spoken to you. I want to tell you today that when Christ died on that cross, when he rose from the dead, he did that to redeem you, not in peace, not in part, but wholly, but completely to redeem you. Now... For you and for me, we think of ourselves and we think, well, you know what, you know, it's, it's probably easy for him to redeem these parts because these aren't difficult parts. But I'm going to give you some news today. He did all of this to redeem the worst parts of you. The worst parts. And, he, and here's the thing. He doesn't just try to find the easy guy. Well, this one's going to be really easy to redeem. I'm going to take care of him first. He's going to find the worst and he's going to say, I'm going to take the worst part of you and I'm going to root that out first. If you will receive me, if you will accept that I died and I rose again, I'm going to deal with that worst part of you first. I'm going to redeem you completely, the good, the bad, and the ugly. The worst part. Even for the people that think there's no way he can do that in me, you you have no idea the things that I've done, the things that I've said, how many times I've denied him. I'm going to tell you, I don't have any idea. I don't want to have any idea, but he has every idea. And he has every answer. And he knows exactly how you've denied him. He knows exactly how you've run from him. He knows exactly how you've tried to ignore him. And in the middle of all of that, he says everything, the worst part of you, I sent my son to redeem you from. And then Paul said, do not believe in vain, which is which means to believe but not follow. Paul said, Corinthian church, do not believe in vain. Don't say with your mouth that you believe, but then not follow the Christ. Don't say with your mouth that you believe and then live a life that's contrary to a follower of Christ. And I say to you, don't believe in vain. Don't, don't let words come out of your mouth. Don't let there be a... a, a, a moment don't let there be a time don't let there be a season don't let there be a sentence don't let there be a statement don't let anything come out of your mouth that says i'm fully a believer of christ and then your life reflect differently don't believe in vain but what comes out of our mouth when i say i'm a believer i'm going to wholly follow him now here's the thing that people get trapped in People get trapped in this idea that because they, they somehow believe that because they trip or they stumble or a worst part shows up, that suddenly they're no longer a follower. Well, I, wouldn't, I would say that that's not true, not of the Christ I know. In fact, the Christ I know is the one that waits on the woman with the issue of blood. The Christ I know is the one that waited on the Roman centurion. The Christ that I know is the one that went out of his way to minister to the one that did not yet follow him. The Christ I know is the one who's aware of our need. He's aware of our moment. He's aware of our worst time. He's aware of our hard time. He's aware. So when you believe, believe and follow to follow doesn't simply mean that, I'm gonna, again, that I'm going to do everything perfect. To follow says, I am hard after you. I am hard after you, Holy Spirit. I am hard after you, Jesus Christ. I am hard after your ways. What I'm learning, what I'm coming into understanding about when my eyes are open spiritually... When my ears are open spiritually, when you open my heart and you take those hard places and you tenderize those and you make them soft again, I am fully after you. I am following after you. Now, I might not in every moment, I might not do it exactly right, but I'm still following after you and I'm going to be quick to repent. Following isn't being perfect. Following is being in pursuit of. You did not hear what I just said. Following is not being perfect. Following is being in pursuit of. Father, I am after you. Say that with me. Say, Father, Father, I I am after you. Do not believe in vain. Do not believe in vain. Let your words be true. He did not come. This is... An interesting thing, but I'm going to demonstrate. But he did not come with a measure of a measure of his promise. Let me say it again. I want you to understand what I'm saying to you. He did not come to you and me with a measure of a measure of his purpose. He came with a full measure of God and at great cost to him. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. I want to read this to you out of the NASB. It says this For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment, as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. I'll read that again. For through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think. This isn't just about stubbornness or pride. We'll talk about that in a second. I say to everyone among you, do not think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment, as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. To think that you are such a bad person, I want to explain this in this way. To think that you, whomever can apply what I'm about to say to yourself, to think that you are such a bad person, that you are beyond Christ's redemptive power, is to think more highly of yourself than you ought. To believe that I've done so much bad to believe that i've gone so far away from him to believe that i've hurt too many people to do any of that is to think more highly of myself than i ought to believe that means that i believe that somehow god is incapable of healing this man to think that you do not need christ to think that you can do it on your own is to think more highly of yourself than you ought Hear me. I don't need Christ. I'm good. I've made my money. I'm set up. I've got a great family. All is well. To think that we are outside the need for Christ is to consider ourselves past Him, bigger than Him, greater than God. And to do that is to think of ourselves more highly than we ought. To think Christ does not love you is to think more highly of yourself than you ought. You say, wow, in the world does that apply? To think he doesn't love you is to think more highly of yourself. It means you think that you're so insignificant that all you've done, or the fact that you don't feel like there's anything that you have to bring to the table with your life. What can I bring? You don't see gifts in your life. You don't see any special anointings in your life. Maybe you don't feel like you have anything to add to the kingdom of God, but to, to believe for a second that Christ does not love you because you don't feel like you have anything to bring to it. You feel like He will reject you. You don't feel like He wants to have you because you don't feel like you come with a full plate is to think more highly of yourself than you ought. It's a place where repentance needs to come. Because even in that moment, when we think, when we see ourselves so lowly, it's in that lowly place that we also see ourselves in a very strange way so high and lifted up. Because if I believe I can get so low that I am beyond His reach, I have separated myself from Him, but I I have news for you. He has not separated Himself from you. Whether you are so far out, whether you're having a hard time believing, whether you're having a hard time trusting, I want to tell you today, whether you think you, can come, you come to the table with anything, with any giftings, any anointings, anything you can add, it's irrelevant. If you believe that Christ is not interested in you because of what you've done, what you've done where you've been, Or what you do or do not possess, I want to tell you, you're thinking more highly of yourselves than you ought. And Father, I'm asking today that there will be a repentant heart in everyone so that you are revealed to them in a supernatural way by your grace this morning. Yahweh gave us all a measure of faith to believe and to receive Him. And that measure was meted out by His standard. If a day to the Father is a thousand years. here, Listen to what I'm telling you. If a day to the Father is a thousand years to you and me. In the earth in its vast size is so enlarged beyond our ability to see it all. But is yet a footstool to Him then a measure to the Father that He measured to you and me is everything to us. We look at that measure and we think, He only gave me a measure of faith. That was His word, not yours. A measure to Him is beyond your capacity. He couldn't give it all to you. You couldn't contain it. But He gave you what you need to believe. How have we exercised this measure that he has given to us? That was odd. What did you see? What did you see? What did you see? Matt with a hood. <laughs> How many saw Matt with a hood? What was he wearing? What color were his tennis shoes? What color shirt did he have on? What kind of shirt did he have on? What did he do different with his hair? Someone said he looked creepy. (laughs) How have we exercised the measure that the Father gave us? Keep in mind what is a measure to him is fullness to you and me. Don't ever see, and you'll understand in a moment. Don't ever look at what the Father has given you in measure as seeing it as puny. If he'd have just given me a little more faith, I could have gotten through this. If he'd have just given me just a hint more, just give me my wife's share. She got enough for two people. But see, when we see it through man's eyes, we see a measure. Remember, the earth, it's vast. It's It's so large to you and me, we can't see the east from the west. We can't see the borders, even across this state. And yet the entire world is only his footstool. He holds the planets in the universe in the palm of his hand. And he meted out to you and me a measure of faith and a measure to him consumes any place we will ever be, consumes any moment we will ever find ourselves in, provides above and beyond the answer that we will ever need in any situation. But see what happens is if we're not careful, we will only use a measure. Of the measure that he meted to us let me help you see this let me suggest that Christ used only a measure of the measure that was meted to him that was given to him let me suggest that if I understand and I know that the full measure of Christ was that he would be sent that he would die he would be put on a cross he would die, but then He'd rise again on the third day. If that's the full measure, what good is a measure of the measure? A measure of the measure would be that He was sent and that He died. There was no resurrection. A measure of the measure would be what if Christ didn't put Him on a cross at all? He simply came out of a tomb. There'd be too many questions. A measure of the measure would never fit the measure the measure. We cannot survive with a measure of the measure. We have to honor him with a full measure of faith that he's he's entrusted to you and me. Matt walking across this room is a demonstration of seeing a measure of the measure. Depending on where you're seated at today, when Matt walks across this room, you could see the color of his shirt or you could not. You could see the shoes that he was wearing or you could not. You could see that it was Matt or you did not. You could see how his, his hair was styled or you did not. You could see that it was Matt or you could not. Depending on where you were seated today, you could with a measure of a measure know who this was that came by. But if Matt came out without the hoodie on and he began, even with that hoodie on, if Matt came out with that hoodie and he began to walk across this room and you did something so outside the normal that you would not be satisfied with a measure of the measure But you could only be quenched with the full measure of the moment. And when he walked through those doors, and it was, you were determined, you were going to know him. You were determined, I want to see his face. I want to behold who he is. I want to know what he's wearing. I want to know the shoes he has on his feet. And there was a determination in you. I'm going to know this man. You would have rose out of your seat. And you would have come and stood beside him. And you would have walked around him. And you would have looked behind the hood. And you would have gazed upon his feet. And you would have touched that shirt. And you would have perceived the color of it. And you would have found the full measure of he who stood before you. The Father did not give us a measure of a measure of faith. He gave us a full measure of faith to fully, fully, fully know Him. What he doesn't want to be to you and me is a passerby that expeditiously moves from door one to door two. He doesn't want to be the one that's moving along. And we're trying to figure out later on, well, I believe that was Christ. That might have been Christ. He might have come with the answer. He might not have come with the answer. He might have the fullness. He might not have the fullness. I'm here to tell you this morning, he came with fullness. He came with a full measure of every answer, of everything that you will ever need full salvation, full opportunity for you and for me. Not with just a measure of a measure, but with everything holy. You need to say, I need you to hear this. Not with a measure of a measure. He did not come with a measure of a measure. He did not come with a measure. He did not come so that we could see here, see there, see a little bit. He came to be known. He came to be known by you and to be known by me. He came to be known. He came to be known. And Believe it or not, him walking around on planet earth in those 33 years before he went to the cross, that wasn't the known that he needed to be. That was a very limited audience. We look at that and we think that's the most amazing 33 years. No, I'm going to tell you the most amazing years on the earth. The most amazing years on the earth is from the moment he walked out of that tomb until now. And when tomorrow gets here, it'll be until then. And when the day after tomorrow gets here, it'll be until then. Those are the most amazing moments so that we can know the fullness Not with just a measure of a measure, but with everything holy. Everybody say holy. I'm not talking about H-O-L-Y. Not holy. Holy. Say holy. 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 With everything holy, we receive him. Not with just a measure of measure. I'm not just going to receive, okay, hmm, yeah. think that was Christ. You know, he might be able to do something here. Uh, you know what? I might invite his right arm in, you know, the right hand of God, you know, you know. Not with just a measure of a measure, but with everything holy, holy, I implore you today, holy, completely, totally immersed, be immersed in what he's done for you and for me. I want to read something in Numbers 32. In Numbers 32, we're reminded of the journey of the Israelites in the wilderness. It's an interesting story. You're probably reading it. In fact, I read it just this morning. You're in, our, in our Bible reading, but you'll read it, so if you haven't read that already today, you will. But in Numbers 32, we're reminded of the journey of the Israelites in the wilderness and how they settled for a measure of a measure of God's will for them. And some did not wholly trust Him. And I want to refer to that this morning before we move along. In Numbers th- chapter 32, beginning with verse 1, it says this, Now the people of Reuben and the people of Gad had a very great number of livestock. And they saw the land of Jazer and the land of Gilead, and behold, the place was a place for livestock. It looked good. It had a lot of land. It had a lot of wheat. It had a lot of pasture for them to graze. So the people of Gad and the people of Reuben came, and they said to Moses and to Eliezer, the priest, and to the chiefs of the congregation, Adaroth, Dibon, Jazer, Nimrah, Heshbon, Iliala, El- Sabam, Nebo, and beyond, the land that the Lord struck down before the congregation of Israel is a land for livestock. And your servants have livestock. And they said, If we have found favor in your sight, let this land be given to your servants for a possession. Do not take us across the Jordan. Man, oh man, oh man. Settling for a measure of the measure, the full measure was Canaan. Canaan did not exist on both sides of the Jordan. Canaan existed on the other side of the Jordan. Don't settle for a measure of the measure of the promise. Don't settle for a measure of the measure of the sent one. But Moses said to the people of Gad and to the people of Reuben, Shall your brothers go to war while you sit here? Why will you discourage the heart of the people of Israel from going over into the land that the Lord has given them? Your fathers did this. Isn't that interesting? Man, if a daddy settles for a measure of a measure, the kids are going to settle for a measure of a measure. Lord have mercy. Somewhere, somebody has got to break the yoke. Moses said to the people of Gad backing up, and to the people of Reuben, Shall your brothers go to war while you sit here? Why will you discourage the heart of the people of Israel from going over into the land that the Lord has given them? Your fathers did this when I sent them from Kadesh Barnea to see the land. For when they went up to the valley of Eskol and saw the land, saw the giants, they discouraged the heart of the people of Israel from going into that land that the Lord had given them. And the Lord's anger was kindled on that day, and He swore, saying, Surely none of the men who came up out of Egypt from 20 years old and upward will see the land that I swore to give Abraham. To Isaac and to Jacob, because they have not holy, holy followed me. None except Caleb the son of Jephunneh the Kenizzite and Joshua the son of Nun, for they have holy, holy, not in a measure of a measure, but they have holy. Full faith, full throttle, followed the Lord. And the Lord's anger was kindled against Israel, and He made them wander in the wilderness 40 years because your daddies walked in a measure of the measure because they were not wholly following after the word of God. They contaminated their faith with the likes of the land. And the Lord's anger was kindled against Israel and He made them wander in the wilderness 40 years until all the generation that had done evil in the sight of the Lord was gone. Let me tell you something. It isn't just the generation. It isn't just those who are walking in a measure of the measure that are impacted. It is all of those who are around them that have to suffer the consequences of the ignorance and the lack of faith of people to enter in to the fullness that God has purposed for them. And behold, you have risen in your father's place a brood of sinful men to increase still more the fierce anger of the Lord against Israel. For if you turn away from following him, he will again abandon them in the wilderness and you will destroy all this people. Gad and Reuben, just like your daddy, You're turning away to follow Him. You want to walk in a measure. You've gotten all the way to the Jordan. I'm telling you, there's people under the sound of my voice today in this room and watching online. You have arrived at the Jordan this morning. I'm telling you, you are there. And you can accept a measure of the measure. You can remain on this side of that river, which is a measure of the measure. Or you can cross that river and you can come in fully believing and saying, Holy, holy, I choose to follow the Lord. Holy, completely, I choose to follow the Lord. What does that mean? That means everything on this side of the Jordan that does not honor the Lord. I'm leaving on this side of the Jordan. Moses pleaded with the people of Reuben and Gad to see the promise through and not to follow in the sins of their fathers, to receive the promise of salvation from God. He implored them, "Repent, and wholly, completely follow the Lord." You don't understand Moses. On this side, look at the pastures. Look at how good it is. Do you know how much cattle we have? We all know because they counted it three chapters before that. Do you how huh? know? how large my herd of livestock is and what they need to eat. Moses, Gad, Reuben, you haven't even seen the other side yet. In fact, let me back up and say they did. Because 42 years before, 40 years before that, they went in and saw grapes big as basketballs. Their daddies did and gave an ill report. And Moses pleaded, follow after him wholly. Today is about redemption and the opportunity for all of us to wholly follow Christ with a full measure of faith that he imparted to you and me. You might, in your mind, in your heart, in your natural man, you might believe, you might accept about yourself, again, as I refer back from two moments ago. I'm not worthy. I haven't trusted him enough. I've let him down. I've followed him and then I've walked away and I've followed him and I've walked away. In some circles they call it backsliding. In my circle, I just call it sin. And I've done all this, so there's no way I can wholly follow after him because he's not going to want to receive me. I want to say to you today, every single person that can hear my voice today, I want to say to you that he gave you a measure of faith, not a measure of a measure. No matter where you've been, no matter how you've acted, doesn't matter who you've cussed out, who you've slapped, who you've beat. And I could go on. I won't. Use your own imagination. Doesn't matter where it's happened. Doesn't matter how it's happened. There is redemption. God sent His Son so that you could activate what He gave you and so that you could activate it fully. Wholly. And that is your faith. To believe that no matter where you've come from, no matter where you've been, that you still matter to Him. Now, it might be true. This might be true. There might be people around you that know you, that see you, that have walked with you, that have witnessed some of the things that you've said and done, that might have a hard time receiving you. How they receive you has nothing to do with how the Father receives you. In fact, we sang about the new name this morning. Some might say, well, you have no right. I can't even believe this person is worshiping. I can't even believe this person is all of a sudden following Christ. They might come in with all their words and they might question the in- your intentions. They might question your sincerity. They might question that. But I'm here to tell you today, if you enter in holy, and you use that full measure of faith that he's given you, I want to tell you today, it doesn't matter what they say. Because God is not going to look at you. Yahweh's not looking at you and he's not saying, you know what, I'm holding a little bit away. I'm going to hold a little bit apart from you because, you know, last time you, you gave it up. I'm not going to give you a full portion because last time you gave it all away. And I might run out. I'm going to tell you, he's not running out. He has an endless supply. Endless supply of forgiveness. Endless supply of healing. Endless supply. Say it with me, endless supply. He has an endless supply. And guess what? That endless supply is for you. You might find yourself this morning, you're trying to question, you're trying to decide, you're trying to sort all this stuff out. I'm just here to tell you this morning. I'm here to tell you today. Today is not about a bunny. Today is about a, a, a man that was sent, who began as God himself, was sent as the son of God. Came into a world, wrapped himself in flesh. Walked among us. Took upon him in every way, every temptation, everything that we could ever endure. And then allowed it to be nailed to a cross. Then he came off of that cross and he went straight to death, hell in the grave. And he said, I'm going to defeat all of you and I'm going to take the keys. I'm going to lock you up. And you have no authority in the lives of people who will receive me. And then he came out of that tomb. And he came to you and me today, and his arms are open wide, and he's saying to you and me today, he's saying, this day is about me, boys and girls. This day is about me, men and women. This day is about me. And this day is about you exercising that whole faith, not partial faith, that whole faith to believe in me. I want to give you opportunity this morning. I want to give you opportunity this morning, if you would please stand with me. You know, I don't know, and I'm going to ask the musicians to come. I don't know where you've been. I don't know where you've gone. I don't know what you've done. And I don't need to know, and neither does anybody else. The only person that needs to know that you are repenting for whatever, wherever those places are, whatever those things are, the only person that needs to know is the Father. Believe me, he already knows. He just wants to make sure that you know that he knows. i simply are going to ask you this morning, if you're in this room or if you're even watching online today, there's no way that you can respond to what I'm about to say other than maybe send an email or say something in the chat room if you're courageous enough to do that. If you don't, that doesn't mean you don't have courage. That wasn't the right way to say that, and I apologize. But you can somehow let us know. But I'm going to tell you in this room, there are people in this room today that it's been real easy because it is easy. It is easy to live with a measure of a measure. It is easy to with our voice. I mean, it's it's easy to sin. It's really easy to sin, and it's even easier to justify it. Well, you don't know what he did, or she did, or they did, or that but the truth is. What the Father wants to do and this day is all about is He wants you to be very aware that His Son is very real. And the reason He gave you that faith, see, in our mind when we think of measure, as I said a moment ago, we think of a little thing, but in, in God's mind, He's thinking, man, you, don't, you have no idea how great that faith is that I gave you. You have no idea. If you would just exercise that and see all of me. Stop watching me walk by, but come alongside me. See what I'm wearing. See the joy that is present in me. Walk with me and grow with me. Don't let me walk in the room from door to door, but instead come alongside of me and let me, and, and you just walk with me and let me teach you and let me show you the ways of the kingdom. Let me show you that walking with me is really life. I know. That believing comes over time, but even in your disbelief, exercise your faith. Accept that you can believe even if you don't yet believe. Accept that. And let's walk. Until I become so real to you, you walk nowhere else. So if you're in this room today, I'm not gonna ask you to come to the front, but I am going to pray for you. And I don't know who you are, but I'm gonna say to you today, whoever you are that's present. And you've walked with no faith. You've walked with a measure of a measure of faith. You've not wholly followed after the Father. You've settled for the land on the wrong side of the river. You've gotten almost there, but you've not gone all the way in there. I'm going to pray for you today. I want to lift my voice over you today, and I want to pray today that the Father becomes so real to you that you walk right out into that river, and you get to the other side. You get to the place that He's promised. You exercise that faith, the full measure of faith that He gave you today. Exercise it. Repent. Father, I repent. I repent. I repent. For those moments that I've ignored you, that I've walked away from you, that I've held you at bay, that I've not believed that you could do something miraculous in my life, I repent that I've not allowed you to be Christ in me. All hope, all glory. Let me pray for you. Father, today I lift my voice. I want everybody in this room to join with me. Father, I lift my voice over the people in this house. I lift my voice over people that are watching online today. Whoever's hearing this word today. Father, I pray for every heart. I pray for every man. I pray for every woman. Whatever the condition of their life. Wherever they are today. If they are without you. If they are without you today. If they are not wholly following after you today. I ask today that you will pierce their heart. And that in them there is a sound of repentance. That out of their mouth today. Father, there is a repentance. And when that happens. When they repent. I ask Holy Spirit that you come and set them free. Let them see clearly let them hear today by the Spirit let them fully today enter in to who you are father heal the doubt today the failures that are in some people's minds that they can't overcome they they just all they see is failure all they see is weaknesses all they see is their lack all they see is all the ways they've let you down heal them today heal their mind heal that today heal that guilt Restore again the strength and the anointing of the Holy Ghost. I'm thankful that this day, like every day, is about you. And in every man and every woman in this place today, my prayer and my desire and my passion and my hope is that every man and every woman receives you. Miracles are present in this house today. Thank you, Father. Amen. Amen and amen. Amen. Come on, put your hands together.